This is the motherfucking Blood Doctor Show. On a Wednesday, as it was and it always should be. And in a few moments, we're going to bring in B from B&T. Talk a little bit about NBA Media Day, mostly NFL Week 3, what shocked us, what we expect going forward. But before we jump into that conversation, I just want to take a quick moment to talk about an artist of mine, a favorite artist of mine who passed away today, and that is Coolio, who passed away, was found dead at the age of 59. Coolio was the first rapper that I ever loved. The second album I ever had was Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. I believe the first one was like a Green Day album, but Coolio is the artist who opened me up to rap. Um, I fell in love with hip hop because of Coolio. Like, that is the honest to God truth. It wasn't just, you know, Gangsta's Paradise, which is obviously a song, um, you know, that everybody loved when I was that age. Um, you know, it was, you know, they won a Grammy. It was all over the radio and everything. But, um, you know, Coolio was just the artist who introduced me to gangster rap and party rap and just everything about the West Coast. And I, you know, grew to love hip hop through. I mean, I was in third grade when Gangsta's Paradise came out and, um, you know, it really shaped how I grew up because I had really, I grew up in like a Mormon suburb of Arizona and I really only had experienced like heavily white, you know, music. It was a lot of country music. It was a lot of, you know, pop music. There was, you know, punk rock, whatever, but it was very heavily white music and Gangsta's Paradise was the first time that like something from outside my culture really broke through and I connected with it and I learned from it and it taught me you know it, it like began my path to learn about other cultures and to be an accepting person because like you grow up in this white bubble where you don't even know black people and you don't know anything about you know black culture or anything and then you you get a rap album and then you start to learn you read you you know i i started to watch like i watched living single and martin you know in addition to watching friends and you know i just i really did coolio ex was the beginning of me learning a lot about culture that i knew nothing about because i had never been exposed to it because of how i mean i don't want to say segregated but art like there was no diversity in my neighborhood as a kid and I don't there's no fault I you know my parents aren't have no you know they're not racist I'm not trying to imply anything of that sort um well let me rephrase that my father is a scumbag my mother is an incredible human being who never has had a, you know a negative like racist opinion about a person in her life my father's a piece of shit I don't fucking know fuck that guy but I want to make very clear my stepdad wonderful human my mother wonderful human my dad garbage I hate that guy he sucks um my point is I don't think anyone ever attempted to keep me away from diversity or tried to keep me segregated or anything of that sort. I just never had any exposure at all to anything that wasn't what was predominantly white America. And Coolio was my first exposure to that. And it was something that I loved. And to this day, and you've heard me rap if you listen to this podcast, I love hip hop more than any other form of music. That will never change. And that came from coolio that began there and um you know aside just from obviously it feels like i you know i feel the passage of time of someone that i loved as a child now passing away as i get older it just 
you know, what are the words? It's hard when you lose an artist that you love because it's not someone that you know. It's not someone that you're personally connected to. I don't know a lot about Coolio's personal life. I don't know who his friends were. You know, I don't know those things. I just know his art and I know how his art affected me. And I know now that there won't be any more. And that is a hard thing to deal with because, you know, again, it's not someone who was personally in my life. Coolio wasn't here every day and I can still go listen to the art that he made that profoundly affected me. And I can feel those feelings again. And so in some ways, it's, it's just a weird thing. It's, it's weird and painful to think about losing artists that you love because it's like I'm not close to them, but I still feel that loss. And yet it's, I don't even know that it's just, it's a weird situation. Um, but I just personally, this one is hitting me right now because I, I just, I really loved Coolio and the fact, the idea that he's just old enough to pass like that. Now I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot. And, um, yeah. I will forever be down with the sea. I am most assuredly going to be listening to a whole lot of Coolio this week. And my next couple episodes are probably going to have a lot more rap on them because of this. So that's what's up. Say it. Say it. (laughs) Finally, the bee has come back. To the Blunt Doctor Show. What up, everybody? I am back for my almost bi-weekly appearance on the Blunt Doctor Show. It's your boy Brandon from Overtime with B and T. How y'all doing? You're like the, this is like the Lebetard show with Stugatz at this point. You're like, you're just like regular. You're just part of it now. <laughs> I can't even do it. I don't even want to do it. I'm like, I need my people. I'm going to eventually, I want to, I want to turn this thing into Howard Stern, where I just sit for three hours with 20 other people having a just conversation. Moderate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even really have to contribute, you know, just like show up a little bit later, be like, oh, your that's takes great- are garbage. Anyways, we don't need you to partake anyway. It's, it's, it's coming to YouTube soon. It's going to be beautiful. Um, this week was. Mm. painful this week was painful you know what before we do that before we do the painful do you have anything on nba media day at all because this is obviously the day where everyone Uh, comes together and they're like we're all happy and everything's perfect and all 30 of us are going to win the championship and so it's just like you know everything's perfect. the honeymoon phase except for the suns except for the suns everyone looked pissed everyone looked like they wanted to fight each other i'm i'm just i'm living in denial about the downfall of the suns you know what they need they need to say yo one like the first week of training camp i am taking you deandre ayton and you monty williams y'all are going on a secluded trip to the Bahamas, to Tahiti, and y'all are fixing your shit before this season because we want to win a championship, and we know both y'all want to win one too. And we can't do that individually. We got to do it together. So y'all go down there and fix your ish. I love this idea. I most specifically love the idea of sticking Monty and DeAndre in a room together somewhere in the Bahamas and locking it and just being like, neither of you leave. 
There's a hurricane coming. Neither of you. Okay, I shouldn't have made that joke. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like that would. Hey, that might get the impetus going. Um, yeah, monsoon. I don't. Monsoon. We'll go in a monsoon. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's local. That's, that's local to Phoenix, baby. That's just that's nice and comfortable. I. Uh, yeah, I don't really. I think Media Day is funny. I, of course, I think it's funny the whole like. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, the Nets pretending that everything is perfect and everyone's happy and there's nothing wrong and nothing went wrong with the Nets at all. Um, you know, all that stuff is funny as shit. And, Indeed. I, you know, I mean, it's fun, but I didn't see anything. My favorite is the the Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> They're best friends now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know. I mean, if that if that story is true with uh, Pat Bev's sister, then hey, that just goes further to prove how much of an upstanding guy Westbrook is off of the court because like this dude you don't even like and then you say yo you can take one of the seats that I had reserved that hey, he's he's a good dude but and I don't we, think we've anyone's arguing this. that I don't think anyone's arguing I don't think anybody's arguing that Russell Westbrook is a very good guy. Yeah. So that's a it was a nice gesture to hear about too. Dude. So Okay, but okay. So let's say that let's say that they truly do squash it, right? Like mm-hmm. none of us thought that was possible, but let's say they do. Does that matter? Like in the context of this team or this season for the Lakers, does it even matter? I mean, can they play any worse than they did last year? Probably not. And where they finish was it 10th seed last year? Yeah, I thought they but were But then granted I, the teams did get slightly better this year. But it's like maybe you're hoping that LeBron has one last little squeeze of uh, playoff greatness in him. But they have. I mean, I, I like. I guess I can see the idea that, like, again, with LeBron and AD, you can just kind of put whoever around them and make it work. But I just, I mm. think that's, I think that's a five years ago opinion, and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not trying you to think. Be- the personnel matters more now than it has before well okay i look at it like this lebron is now no longer like lebron is no longer able to just be like i am going to win this game like he can no yeah. longer will the 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 victory like he a lot to has be able to go to. right right for him. but that also means that he's just as good as basically steph curry kevin durant all he's still one of the he's three with four the pack best now yeah it's only Giannis that really can say, I am not going to lose this game. And that can then say, I'm not losing this game. Giannis is really the only guy right now. And there's yeah. really only, there's really On only both typically ends. one. Yes, true. And there's really only typically one in the league, dude. It's not like there's five of those guys ever. There's really only ever yeah. one dude at a time in the league who says, I will not lose. And unfortunately for me, Giannis announced that he was that guy with a 50-point you know, finals game six. Uh, it's true. Yeah. And he, he was amazing in that game. And Giannis since then has proven like I can will my team to victory. Mm-hmm. And I don't think LeBron has that anymore. And Anthony Davis does not have that in him and never has. So that means that you have two all pro players who are very good, but mm-hmm. I still need shooting depth, ball handling to be around them because it's not like LeBron can just score 40 in the second half whenever he wants to. And that to mm-hmm. me, that's a huge difference because that LeBron, you could just put dudes around him. They'll figure it out. I don't think that exists anymore. And I think the Lakers are just wasting his career. And he seems fine with that because he wants to be in L.A. That's cool. You know, whatever. I don't. Doesn't hurt me. <laughs> but 
Just this idea that people are like, can the Lakers win? No, the Lakers won't win anything. Like when I said last season that it was going to be a disaster and they had no shot at the playoffs, people looked at me like I was insane. And then when I was proven a trillion percent correct, people were like, oh, well, they didn't even play together. Yo, that wasn't the fucking problem, dude. Like that was not the issue. And so I just don't understand how adding... I mean, like everyone is like, well, Darvin Ham is an incredible coach. Okay, fine. That's great. We've never seen him coach. And Frank Vogel won a fucking title with this team. So like maybe they had tuned him out or whatever. But the idea that it was like, well, Frank Vogel was just a bad coach. No, he wasn't. He just won a title with these dudes. So what do you what do you want? Like at a certain point, all the excuses in the world have been made and the Lakers are just bad because LeBron is very good and AD is very good. But that is it. And the rest of the I, I wouldn't started. say he was a bad coach. I would say more so he maxed out yeah, the that's... potential he could have had. But I, but I think that the Lakers will tell you that. I mean, that's fine. And I think that's what the Lakers would say. But Lakers fans will trash Frank Vogel as a bad coach. And I'm just like, you wouldn't you can't have take won away in the bubble. What he... Did. You can't take away what he did for that season. You wouldn't well, have you can, the problem with that. You can't say anything about what he was doing after the fact because there was a lot of questionable rotation calls in certain key situations. Fine, but you can't take away what he did for them that season. He trusted Rondo. He trusted KCP. He let Anthony Davis shoot. He did mm-hmm. everything right. He, he pressed all the right buttons in those playoffs. He pulled all the right levers. I don't care what anyone says. That was not a guaranteed title for the Lakers. He did a good job and mm-hmm. no one wants to give him credit, but whatever. I just first see another disaster Lakers season and I'm excited about that. So, <laughs> Well, I, what, yo, what, what, what is qualifies as a disaster for you? Well, not making the playoffs. Not making the playoffs. Okay. Well, I think with LeBron James on your team, not making the playoffs is a disaster. Yes. Mm. Even even at this point, I think that having having one of the five best players in the league on your team and not having a roster that can even sort of compete around him is a disaster. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. The right. craziest thing to me is they had a team that won a championship and they traded it for Russell Westbrook. Like, what were you doing? It, that was such. That's one of the dumbest trades. Yeah, they just weren't healthy. It just weren't healthy that, and I feel like they kind of gave up on Schroeder a little too soon as well. Well, Would now you they say so? well now they have him back. So hooray! Clearly, yeah. that's the missing <laughs> well, piece now for a he's championship. A, now he's a you know, he's a different person now, as opposed to who he was before. If yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, he's worse. He was there playing much go. better then. He's playing worse. He just came off of showing. Well, his confidence is shot now, essentially. Though he was pretty good in Eurobasket. He was pretty good in Eurobasket. He had a few games. Mm-hmm. The German team was really good. He had a few nice games, but he still wasn't shooting efficiently. He can't shoot. I mean, I just I don't think it matters. Like yeah. this is the thing is that this is the thing with the Lakers is it's like well what about this and this is always like some third rate whatever and i don't understand why people can't see it it's not a championship team it's not even close to a championship team it's not a playoff team it is just a basketball team that's it i'm not even sure it's an nba team so oh i wouldn't go that far yeah put them in the g league put them in the g league they'll Uh... dominate the g league they'll (laughs) dominate the g league yo if you if you put the lakers in a seven game series against the g league ignite sweep yeah, sweep for the G League Ignite. You're right. I don't know about all that. <laughs> oh, you're going too far now. Take it back. Boo. Tomato, tomato, tomato. 
Scoot Henderson forever, baby. <laughs> oh uh, my goodness. No, I'm I'm for real. I'm just excited for this incoming Lakers season because I know it's gonna be terrible. Mm. And the Anthony Davis trade stuff is gonna start this year, you know? It's gonna happen. Well, and maybe they'll just sign Kyrie next year and it'll all be great. And by great, I mean disaster because he'll play three games a you know, year and <laughs> Oh man, that's the airing out the chopper today. Huh? Oh, smoke. I don't even mean to. The thing is, I had no intention to talk about the Lakers, and then it just comes up and it's my fault. All right. Anyway, football. Let's talk about the NFL. This week was ugly. Yeah. This week was horrible. Obviously, mm. the you know you well, I I, I can see it in your face. You're thinking about Mac Jones. Yes, yes. Uh, that, oh, I'm trying not to think about it because he, he didn't play too hot even before the injury. And now uh, he like, had a lot of yardage. Yeah, he was connecting with Parker, but then he would take that same connection. And then it's like, what the hell are you doing? Like a couple plays later. And th- uh, this is it's, a it's problem. Like, it, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's It's not the same guy that. Uh, most of the Patriots fan fell in love with last year. And it it's just weird. Like, what, a, what happened? A, well, number one, you had a soft schedule. Number two, you had Josh McDaniels yeah, around still like last year. Okay, yeah. I mean, But it's like he do, it's, it didn't even look like he retained it. anything, though. Like, well, I didn't really see what anyone saw last year, though. Like, I didn't see – like. I, does he make the occasional like beautiful throw? Yes, absolutely. Every now and then he'll hit a throw, and you're like, okay, uh, that that was that was nice. But like, I don't understand how every now and then is what we're trying to get out of our quarterback. And like, I just don't see. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't. What am I missing? Uh, well, I don't. I'm not in that locker room. But everybody, like, oh, you're always hearing how about how good Mac is. Like all the players rave about him, all the coaches rave about him. Like so, something is there. I, I personally, I can only go based off of what I see in the game. But they clearly see something because even um, Judon, he was like, "Oh, we stand with Mac." So it's like, I mean. The Bills absolutely raved about EJ Manuel when they drafted him. And uh, I, and, but well, Mac has done more than EJ Manuel fair, has. But the Bills sat there and talked about the intangibles and the leadership and the locker room and this, that, and the other. And they, like, at that time, I was like, you know what? I kind of like this because well, it usually those... gives you a longer leash. It gives you a longer leash right. to. But, but see, then they did the same thing with Josh Allen, by the way. They drafted mm-hmm. yet another dude who couldn't complete a pass, and somehow they turned Josh Allen into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm just saying my issue with the Patriots now is this is like I don't know how to evaluate anything on this team because this is starting mm-hmm. to feel like a lost season. They well, I, I don't mean, know what Bill is up to over. Well, that's there. what I'm saying. It's like, what do you evaluate? We can't evaluate Mac now because even if he comes back, he's gonna be hurt. It's gonna be really hard to evaluate this season. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's just how injuries go. I don't know how to evaluate Bill anymore because I don't like the Patriots are saying they're gonna start Brian Hoyer. Like, what are you doing? How is that even <laughs> what are you doing? How is that a thing? <laughs> how is that a thing? You and me talked about the fact that they should be starting Bailey Zappy. And yeah. they won't do it. They're just going to say Zappy. I've been saying Zap. 
I heard someone on some Mac football show say Zappy, so I'm going with that, even oh. though Zap is clearly better. Either way, you can make all the Zap puns you want. It's still Zap a- to death. Zap, zap to, death. to death. That's yeah. I'm I'm on board the I'm on board the Zappy train, and I don't understand what playing Hoyer does for anyone. I just don't know how to evaluate this team. Like the defense is maybe a little better than I thought it would be. But then, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, like, because when you consider they held the Dolphins to 20 and only one offensive touchdown, you look at that right now, you're like, okay, that was actually a pretty nice game. But Mm -hmm. then you, like, look at the Steelers game and you're like, well, I mean, that was a nice game, but against a team that can't score on anybody. And then, you know, you look at this and it's just like, so I don't, then this week happens. And I'm like, they played Lamar pretty well, despite the fact that he had a pretty good game. Uh, I thought, like, in the moments when they needed stops, they were able to get stops, and then it's just uh, the Patriots' offense didn't really do much with it after the fact. I, yeah, I mean, I just – it's a very – I don't know how to evaluate this team anymore because, like, if I was evaluating this team as I, as I would not a Patriots fan, it would be really fucking bad, and I would be calling for Bill Belichick to be fired. Yeah, it, it, just take just take Bill Belichick's name off the decision to let Tom Brady walk and replace him with you know first uh, broken ass Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, some weird <laughs> kind of mix, and now Mac Jones. Like this stuff is like this is malpractice for anyone else. But Bill Belichick uh, yeah. is Bill Belichick, and like how long is the leash? I know Mac Jones isn't getting injured; isn't his fault. But the fact mm-hmm. that Brian Hoyer is the one behind him is Bill's fault. Like, yeah. How long is the leash, man? I feel like he's it's going to get to a point where he just decides, yeah, I'm content with my career. You, he's riding off into the sunset. Yeah. We're not even, so, I mean, yeah. haven't we proven at this point that it was Tom? Hasn't that been proven at this point? Like, have we not proven at this point it was Tom, not Bill? Isn't that discussion over now? Uh, you have to lean the edge to Tom, yeah. Just given what he's done pre and post. They definitely, what? it's one of those Eddie Brock Venom. <laughs> they, yeah, like uh, the symbiote could have prospered with anybody else, but you know, it's it's most famous for what it did with Eddie Brock, right? I I still say Bill Belichick held Tom Brady back. That's where I'm. I'm on the Tom Brady would have had 10 it's Super Bowls. A, a. Based Tom. on the, the talent that we've seen, like, if you go back and look at it, outside of Gronk and Brady, like, how many all-pro players have we drafted? All I'm saying is give Andy Reid Tom Brady in his prime. Like prime Andy Reid and prime Tom Brady. I'm just saying. Yes, but 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 uh, I have to think about all the the other intangibles, like the the poor clock management. Fair, and, fair, and then like the the lackadaisical attention to defense as that, well. That's fair, but if you're scoring sixty a game, it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, but like, look at what Andy Reid was able to do with the best of talents at QB. Yeah, and but then, but even Mahomes doesn't like Mahomes doesn't like see the field like Brady. I just imagine yeah. 
I just imagine like Brady being with a coach who doesn't rely on him to always read everything to death and can scheme some shit up. Like I love uh, Leftwich. Leftwich is fun, but Leftwich mm-hmm. is has firmly planted himself in I'm gonna let Tom do Tom's thing. And I just would yeah. love to watch Tom Brady like now typically Andy Reid's quarterbacks are more mobile. I understand that, blah blah blah. But I'm just saying. Mm. I'd love to watch one of these like super schemed off. He'd make it work. I think he'd make it yeah. work. Well, but again, that's my only thing. Like, yeah, Brady would look like the best version of himself, but would they be in the positions to win those championships because of like Andy Reid's coaching uh, boo boos? And that's fair. But my thing is this. Tom Brady would only have to do like the super reading of the field or whatever on like third, fourth down. He may not mm-hmm. be Tom Brady though. Part of what makes him Tom Brady is just that he spent his whole career in Erdhart Perkins reading the entire field, making the decision. That is what makes him Tom Brady. So maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's a moot point. But I'm just saying it's it's fucking GM malpractice to let Tom Brady go, to have no backup plan in place. To now, mm-hmm. it's like we trust this rookie who no one else in the league really believed in. And I'm sorry, the the whole his placement on the NFL top 100 list was laughable. That was such a ridiculous. That was absurd. That was so absurd. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. That was fucking absurd. And <laughs> and I just like he's he's <laughs> fine, but that's all he's ever going to be. And look at dude, but look at the quarterbacks that Bill plants his flag in. He sticks with Brian Hoyer. He wanted Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady. He wanted Mac Jones. Like he doesn't know how to evaluate quarterbacks. The only successful quarterback evaluation he's ever done is when he evaluated that Tom Brady was better than Drew Bledsoe. That's the only one that he's ever done because he didn't even want to draft Tom Brady. He wanted to draft Tim Rattay. And Tom Martinez, yes, he wanted to draft Tim Tim Rattay, and Tom Martinez was the Patriots quarterbacks coach at the time, and he had been working with Tom Brady since high school, and he, like, slammed his fist on the table and was like, you must draft Tom Brady. And so Bill Belichick trusted his guy, and that is the one time that he made a correct quarterback. But once he brought him in, it's like, that's when he was like, yo, I need to, I need to start this guy. After a season, I mean, maybe. I mean, to be, to be fair. Well, the year that he stepped in apparently he originally wanted to start Brady to start yes. the season that's what people say is that he wanted to start Brady already and that the Bledsoe injury just sped it up so mm-hmm. who knows I mean I, I'm just saying Bill Belichick was not the one who wanted to draft Tom Brady so the one successful quarterback evaluation he's ever done was when Tom Brady was already on his roster so mm. I just don't I just don't know that he knows this position. And now there's been so much brain drain from the team. Everyone's gone. It's just him and his sons. And I just, I think yeah. it's over. I think, I think the Patriots are done until someone else comes in, you know, it's new a regime. New, yeah. It's, it's time. I, I, I hate. Well, it's a, it's a new, it's a young boys league. It's a young coaches league. Essentially. You know, it's a, you've already done your time. You're, your legacy already precedes you like lightning precedes the thunder. <laughs> so, like, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you. The The Patriots need, like, like a Sean McVay. Not, not like, Sean McVay on his first hire. I mean, literally, like, Sean McVay. Like, a young dude who has already had success, who, like, mm-hmm. could, like, come in to be the boss from top to bottom. I don't know that Sean McVay would ever be interested in that. I'm just saying that's what they need. Because until then, I think we're just going to kind of continue to see this like recycled garbage. Like, so okay, answer the question: Is the Patriots season over? Yes. 
There you go. I'm already looking at mock drafts. That's what I'm talking about. DJ Stroud, bring him in. <laughs> bring him in. I never uh, Hey, man. Me, you made me cough on my own <laughs> show. That's, that's how... Bring in the young brother. We Cam was supposed to be the chosen one, but uh, his arm was toast at that point. Nugo arm, fried, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was sad to see, man. Hey, I told you I wanted the Patriots to draft Jalen Hurts, and I mean that right we now. Had we, we had the chance. We had We could have done it. We could have done. We it. had the chance. I was in that camp too. I said Jalen Hurts. I said Lamar Jackson. I was upset that we didn't take a chance on Lamar. I was upset we didn't. Okay, well, Chicago robbed us, but we could have had a chance at Justin Fields, but, too. But we didn't even have to trade up to get Jalen Hurts. He was available. Yeah. He, he's available for yeah. several rounds, and he would be starting yeah. right now in New England, and he would be kicking ass. Although, you know what? They probably wouldn't even know how to use him properly. I really don't think that this You don't think staff... J- Josh McDaniels could have done well, jo- something for him? Josh McDaniels could have, but Matt, Mat- Matt Patricia is the one currently running oh, the yeah. offense. Well, so. well I'm, I'm on the assumption that in a different world, if we still have Jalen Hurts, it's a lot easier to keep around Josh McDaniels. It has to be more fun to scheme for Jalen Hurts than it does for Mac Jones. And on that note, are the Eagles Super Bowl contenders? We came into this season talking about them winning the NFC East. That seems like a fucking foregone conclusion now. So what about the Super Bowl itself? Like, Do you <laughs> believe in this team as... If Jalen Hurts can make the right play in the big moment, yes. I think it's all on him at this point. Like he's in, he's in that same situation Jimmy Garoppolo was in, essentially, where you have to make that pass to Emmanuel Sanders if you want to win it off for the team. But so far, it looks like he has the ability to do it. Like he doesn't look like. Yeah. He's, I mean, he is. They scored twenty four points in the first half of all three. I mean, that's not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're for real. Like their offense is ridiculous, and he can also move with the the ball as well so that bowls well for him he reminds me of cam newton in just the like kind of straightforward like i am running like he's not like he's not necessarily like lamar where he's just like ultra super freak athlete who's like can do all these juke like he kind of can just go through motherfuckers and i I love you can fight for some extra yards Yes. And dude, that year at Oklahoma was the best thing he ever did because Lincoln Riley convinced him to throw the ball downfield and it has just paid off so many dividends for him. That move Mm -hmm. was that move was the move for him. What um and I agree with you by the way, I definitely think they're a contender. I like right now, like we came into the season saying the NFC is wide open, and it's like right now the Eagles look like the best team because the Bucs are struggling. Although the Bucs defense looks legit. Um they're open. What contract would you pay Jalen Hurts, though? Let's say that he puts up the rest of the season is on this sort of pace where he's just well, tearing you, it up. You kind of have to pay him because that's just how it is in this era. Like, So are you going to give him, like, the Kyler Murray contract? Like, are you going to go that far? Like, are you? They, are- they have no choice. They have no choice at this point. Like, if he continues, though, what choice do you really have? Coming into the I season. I mean, you can – you can fall use the fallback of he wasn't a first round pick though, so they can they can use that against him. But uh, I, I mean, coming into the season, I never would have thought he would have been able to put himself in this position. But like, if he continues to play like this, he's going to be in the MVP talk. 
And mm-hmm. you will have no choice but to pay him top dollar. Otherwise, well, he, someone else will. he's not sniffing that if Lamar is still doing his thing right now. Well, I mean, but even if you're like in if you're in the top three or four people of that are being mentioned for MVP, that's huge mm-hmm. for your contract oh, yeah. negotiations. Yeah, like if I'm Jalen Hurts agent, I'm just like even getting the all pro pro bowl yeah. stuff like that, that helps. Or going to the NFC championship or you know, something like any kind yeah. of any kind of big playoff run. Like I have been a big believer in Jalen Hurts. Nothing has dissuaded me. This continues to you know, and as much as it pains me to see anything in Philadelphia be good, aside from a cheesesteak. Um, <laughs> but when we we talked about this before the season, I said, like, there's I wouldn't pay him like a top dollar. Deal. And right now I'm looking at it. I'm like, I think you have to because I just don't I mean, have to. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a, the caveat is he continues to play like that for 14 more games. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But but I mean, this is we all we all said coming into this year, he's got to do it. There's no more like excuses and he's not making any he's kicking ass like i don't yeah for sure i'm like i yeah the eagles are and they i do while the cowboys fall apart too like i can't even imagine the city of philly is like is on it right now um what about the eagles or eagles i just we just talked about them the dolphins are they are is that like the two three and oh teams are you buying the dolphins as like for real for real they're a contender well as long as Mr. Tyreek Hill and any waddle away, waddle waddle, any waddle away. As long as they are able to make the plays that they're able to make, they have a puncher's chance in every game. I'm back in on Tua, man. Yeah. I'm back Uh, in on Tua. I really am. I mean, well, he has the track star team that he had from when he was in college now. So. I know, and I know that it's a lot of it is scheme or whatever, but like, man, I I don't care hey. if you throw six touchdowns in an NFL game, I'm fucking with it. I don't give and a shit about the four. We're in the fourth quarter. That's a record, no? I mean, yeah, and that's like, I mean, against Baltimore, there like, you go. And I don't care what Baltimore it is; it's still fucking Baltimore. Like that was, dude. This team is for real, and. I yeah, I'm back in on Tua. And I think this might be Daniel, you know, it's pretty rare that like every time there's like a hot shot new coach, it typically kind of like, you know how it is. A lot of times it fizzles out or mm-hmm. they're not quite as good Doug as we Peterson. Back right away. Right. And <clears throat> but this dude, like right away, like I mean he's doing it. Like Daniel's doing it. Like his offense is fun as he's shit. Making it work. He's making it work surprisingly. I mean, this team is fun. Like I, I don't. It's, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's they're still horrible people, and they shouldn't have fired Brian Flores in the way that they did. But oh yeah, this certainly, this certainly vindicates somewhat the idea that Brian Flores wasn't doing a good job of developing Tua or developing the offense. Do you agree with that or no? Well. He was set up for failure from the jump, was he not? Because they were, they were saying, "Yo, we'll pay you game, or we'll pay you to lose games." Yeah, I mean, I, that. Yeah, I, I think the owner is a piece of shit. I'm the. There's no question about that. I mean, I think every NFL owner is a piece of shit. I'm just more saying that I don't know that he necessarily rubbed everyone the right way with the way he dealt with Tua and the way he dealt with the offense. And 
I I thought some of that was bullshit, but I think I, I'm in regards to his lawsuit, I am sure that he was hundred percent correct that the owner of the Dolphins is a piece of shit. I'm saying that before yeah. that, before that, there were rumblings that he wasn't doing the best with Tua. And I'm just well, he wanted Herbert off rip. So it's like he was he didn't even get the person that he wanted to develop. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And I mean, yeah. In his defense, at the time, like everyone now talks about like Herbert, like it was he was this no like can't miss prospect. Nobody felt that way about Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon. He completely Mm -hmm. underwhelmed his whole time at Oregon. So this whole idea that, that everybody was like well, this is the guy. I mean, he wasn't taken number one. He wasn't even considered for number one. So everyone slammed the Dolphins for that one. I don't. He was more just off of his physical talent, right? Right, and that's yeah. and that's fair. And that's the same thing that you know the that the Bills took for Josh Allen. But that's also what the Raiders did with Jamarcus Russell. That's also hmm. what the Ravens did with Kyle Bowler. Uh, there are plenty of instances. That's the name of, I haven't heard in a while. Oh, right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is just because you have the. <laughs> All the talent in the world doesn't necessarily mean anything. Kyle Bowler had one of the biggest arms we've ever seen. The dude couldn't complete a fucking yeah. pass to save his life. It's just, yeah. it's just part of the, you know. So <laughs> I'm, I just think it's interesting. The everything about the Dolphins owner, he's definitely a piece of shit. I just mean before that, there was, you know, because they would go back and forth between, you know, Tua and Fitzpatrick, and they also, mm-hmm. they also completely like. Fucked up Josh Rosen's confidence forever after it had already been destroyed by Arizona. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that was. Where is he even now? Wasn't he with the Bucks at one point? I, dude, I don't even know if he's in the league. Like, that is that one. That is one of the. I'm sure he is tragedy. somewhere. Uh, I'm tragedy, dude. I, I still think about that game when they were losing 44 to 10 to Texas A and M. And he mm-hmm. led five straight touchdown drives, and they won forty five forty four. Wow! The man, the man had some college highlights. He'll never, he'll never. He was the last player to make UCLA relevant before now. But um, I definitely, I definitely believe in this Miami team, and I'm way back in on Tua. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought I was totally out on him, but with like. I'm like I'm 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 giving Tua and Jalen Hurts contract extensions. That's where I'm at right now. And the Alabama boys, huh? Yeah, I I think it's funny the former teammates Tua. Yeah. I think it's funny that Tua took over for Jalen, and now it's like if you asked half the league, they would all take Jalen over Tua. It's just like you know what I mean. Like indeed, it's, it's funny how indeed. the world works. Speaking of, you mentioned Doug Peterson a minute ago. How about the fucking Jags, man? Like, <sighs> are we are we are we believing yet? Are we like are we in? Is it a mirage? Yeah. Is it smoke and mirrors? Yeah, I think I think Trevor has arrived. I think he was too talented of a QB at every other level for him just just to be a complete bum now. It it just doesn't make sense. Right, like, you don't just stop being able to play QB now when you've been good at every other level that you played at. Yeah. So you think they're unlocking him now at this point? Yes. I think uh, Doug Peterson has that way about him. I mean, he got, they, yep. he got more out of Carson Wentz than anyone else could have, right? That's so, the one. That's the one. And Nick Foles, really. I mean, you know, him and Frank Reich together did that. Um, You're right. Do you... 
are I mean I they look like they could be a playoff team. What I mean, what I, I don't I don't know if that's going to be. They could far. easily be the best team in that division. So really by default. Yeah. Really? You're yeah. you're willing to go that far now. Yeah. Wow, man. Titans are they, they they ain't got it. They ain't got it. Yeah. Brian Tannehill, he ain't that guy. He's not better than Trevor Lawrence right now. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I know that's not better than him. I think, like I said, Derrick Henry has he ain't got that same juice that he once did. Uh, they got a bunch of young wide receivers there. Harold Landry, one of their linebackers, he's injured. It's just, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it with this team. And it looks like the Colts are, I really thought the Colts were going to be good, and they look like Matt Ryan has fallen off a cliff. Like Brady has altered how we look at QBs after their 30s. But the fact of the matter is Ryan Tannehill ain't got that sauce. It looks like Russell Wilson, who once was quote-unquote unlimited, is quite limited as most <laughs> of previous years. So, eh, like, these these QBs, they, they ain't got that same sauce. Like, Brady... We we forget how we used to look at QBs once they got into like their mid thirties until Brady just was continuously doing his thing. That's a really good point. I mean, and I mean Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers is I mean he's back to back MVPs at age thirty eight yeah. or whatever. He's the only guy who has also kind of kept that level up because yeah, everyone else. I mean, dude, when it was like in the old days, if you were starting a thirty five year old quarterback. People were like, "He's a, they're done." You know what I mean? Like yep. they're roasted. And now Brady's forty five, and it, yep. it, it has warped the way people view it. I thought, I honestly thought Matt Ryan to the Colts was a great. I thought that was a great idea. Like I thought it would work, and it has been. They need to just go young. Like they keep trying to avoid drafting a QB because their team is so or it's too talented for them to be low in the draft to draft somebody. But like you need some a young, fresh blood in there. Yeah, I don't, it's, I mean, I yeah, I don't know what to do. They may be, if things continue to go as poorly as they have, they may be near the top of the draft, but then this game against the Chiefs, like, what the fuck, what, like, what the hell is going on? Like, And that was, was without Shaquille Leonard, too. This week was fucking weird. Like, this week yeah. is just weird. This whole season has been bizarre, and I don't, you know, that's why I'm not, like, with the Bucks, like, half their roster is injured or suspended or whatever. Like that's why my like concern level is I just don't have one yet. Like I've watched too many Tom Brady seasons where it starts off slow and everyone's like, is it over? Is it done? And then he wins mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. So I'm not worried about Awkward. the Bucks at all. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm not worried about the Bucks at all, especially like the number of injuries and, you know, Mike Evans being suspended last week, like, and they were still mm-hmm. in it. They were still in it at the end. So. Indeed. I think the Bucks' defense is going to be one of the three best defenses in the league at the end of the year. I mean, yes, they I know they allowed the two quick touchdown drives in this game, but after that, they snapped it shut. They didn't allow another point the rest of the game. I mean, they, I need to go back and watch that. I was on the road during that game. They were it was a, they allowed two touchdowns. It was a two point conversion at the end. The Bucks got all the way back in it. They didn't get the two point conversion. They lost by two. But mm-hmm. 14-12, I just don't worry about – I'm not going to worry about a Tom Brady team. If they hey, were like 2-5 and five listen, or something. The Broncos were able to carry a decrepit Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl championship. 
I do enjoy hearing Peyton Manning described as decrepit. It's accurate, though. Dude, I'll never forgive Jamie Collins for that AFC championship, though. Both touchdowns. He gave them both up. Both touchdowns on Jamie Collins. Horrible. Oh, that was uh, Owen Daniel. Was it? Yep. Those? Oh, my God. Oh, so frustrating. Yeah. And then he, and then in the fucking Seahawks Super Bowl, he also gave up the wheel route to Marshawn Lynch. Everybody was like, Oh, Jamie that was Co- him. Yeah. Everybody Whoa. was like, Everybody was like, Jamie Collins is this otherworldly defender. I'm like, have you guys watched how in He's just an athlete. He's an athlete. I was just like, do you guys watch every single one of these like key plays? He's in the middle of giving it up. Um, so you're not worried about I know you're not worried about the Bucks either. Like you're with me. You'd have to be at like two and five before you worry about Tom Brady kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see it. Like I need I mean, they couldn't move the ball. Everyone's like, oh, they can't. But, yeah, I mean, Julio didn't play. Mike Evans didn't play. Chris Godwin didn't play. It's like, who's he supposed to throw the ball to? Like, not I, I do think uh, Brady does seem a little bit on edge more than he has been in previous years. He too. could be. He could be. But also, you they know. had a fumble inside the Packers' 20-yard line. And they also had a fumble inside Packers' territory right after well, they got across you the you know field. when... You know when you're not getting your diddles from the the babes, you know you're kind of a lot more on edge than you were before. Well, <laughs> I, uh, if you're gonna tell me that Tom Brady is gonna be more angry, I'm gonna tell you that that's good for winning football games. So, <laughs> yes, but reason- you know, at their advanced age, being angry all the time like that it it makes you turn a lot grayer a lot quicker. Advanced age. I would smack you through this screen right now if I could. <laughs> oh, trying, to, trying to piss me off. Youngin, I'm like an old man compared to you. Don't make me get my get angry my cane man, out. Old man. Yeah, angry I'll old get man. my get my cane out and beat you, young whippersnapper. <laughs> whatever, whatever the, the old people say. Um I just, I just don't worry about the. I, I don't worry about yeah. the Bucks. I can't worry about the Bucks. I'm with you. The Tom Brady and Giselle stuff is weird though. Like I don't like mm-hmm. it. Like I don't. Like I remember, dude. I remember when he first started dating Giselle. And oh yeah. They lost the AFC Championship against the Colts in 2006, and I was like, Giselle is a distraction, and Tom Brady <laughs> should not be dating. I was like 19, so you know, I'm like, I'm like crazy. I'm like, he doesn't need to be dating models. He needs to worry about football, you know. And now it's like 20 years later, they're married, all these children. I'm like, he doesn't need to be dating models. Yeah, once, full circle. Full circle, full baby. Circle. It always comes back. It always comes back. Um, I I still think they're gonna win that division. I mean, I you know you don't know what's well, going on with the Saints. No, Jameis he's not panning out like they had expected him to at this point. Nope, Panthers are a joke. What about uh, what about the Falcons though? Like, like I know they're not going anywhere, but like, I mean they they can score. Like, I mean they can score on basically anybody. Like, and well, they gave the Rams a run. Yeah, they beat the Seahawks. They I, were up on the Saints too. Yeah, I mean they blew that game. Like they technically should be two and one right now. Like I don't think anyone's expecting anything from the Falcons, but I mean, you know, they're doing a lot better than they 
were projected uh, well, through three games at least. Well, they sure as hell aren't a doormat. Like I expected that they were just going to be a fucking doormat. That they were going to be everybody beats up on the Falcons, and it's mm-hmm. not. It's not even close to that. Like I, I'm, I've genuinely been impressed, and I just, but I don't know if like it's one of those things where it's like, well, actually, the Saints are really bad. And the Rams are in a Super Bowl hangover, well, and the Seahawks. Well, well, now that I'm looking at the numbers, when Cordell Patterson's got 141, it's hard to lose games like that. It is very hard to lose games like that. I mean, he's been he's continued to be great. It's bizarre to see a dude become an elite running back at age 30. It's the weirdest <laughs> after thing. originally being a return specialist slash wide receiver. Yeah, he's like following some sort of Tom Brady career arc where he somehow gets better as he ages. He's going to rush for 2,000 yards next year. Like, I, Oh, my goodness. It's it's truly a, a sight to behold. I, I don't know. I, I just think it's interesting that, I mean, you know, you I, on this show, I wrote the Falcons off. And I yes. think this is pretty much showing. I mean, it seems like Arthur Smith, good offensive coach. <laughs> I mean, he's got some type of sauce working for him there. They've got a lot of work to do on that team, but I mean, yeah, this this makes me more hopeful your for your Kyle Pitts Hall of Fame prediction because yeah. <laughs> because they look like they they know what they're doing. Drake London and Kyle Pitts in the red zone. Who do you really double? They've been really good. That I mean, that has been Drake London has been a revelation. It has been awesome. Like, and I only Chris Olave has been playing better than him for. And Garrett Wilson. I like Garrett Wilson better than Drake London just a little bit. A lot of young receivers performing. Yeah. Dude, you can find receivers. Like, I'm almost at the point where it's like, you probably shouldn't even pay receivers. You should trade them. You should do what the Vikings did with the Stefan Diggs thing and just mm-hmm. go, you know, get up another first round pick, get a couple other picks and go find the next one. Because, I mean, at this point, like, you can find receivers. Like, it's crazy. Like, well, I think. Uh, we all have words come out anyways I think wide receiver <laughs> I think wide receiver are a lot more skilled now than they were 10 years ago out of the gates Yep. when it comes to footwork and all, like coming out of their routes and stuff because like a lot of times like wide receivers in the past they were 50-50 jump ball or fast guys like he he didn't have guy as many guys who were a combination of both you know what i mean right and these guys as, are so technical now mm-hmm. like they have they have so much more skill like you said coming out of college like they're running real routes in college now instead of just like you know okay i always Teams, run a streak yeah I always run a streak, but I'm just running it from this the slot this time. Like mm-hmm. these dudes are actually breeding defenses. They're making they're running option routes in college, mm-hmm. it's changing the way that the game is played. But it also just means, unless you have one of the you know five best receivers in the game who absolutely can't be stopped, it seems like you shouldn't be paying them. Like it's I I, I want to see dudes get paid. I'm not. I'm just saying. I don't know how optimal it is to put, you know, to give Devontae Adams $30 million when you can just go find someone as a rookie who, you know, in the 20s who is going to give you thousand yard production. Yeah. I mean, what is what is the difference between and, you know, an elite receiver 
and and a rookie receiver at this point and when playing with an elite quarterback. I mean, I guess it's the difference between what the second round and the Super Bowl. So it does have a variance, but it's like you have to be at that level for it to matter. Right. Like, right. Like, I, I just it's like like should the Vikings pay Justin Jefferson yeah, like, without question at this point? You think so? I mean, he's, he's had already couple... proven enough. Well, yeah, already... but you could trade him. And get like two first round picks and find the next Justin Jefferson and you've got another first round pick. That's what I'm saying. It's like I start to wonder about that. Like I'm not yeah. trying to I'm not trying to be an asshole who's like, we should only care about analytics. I'm just pointing out. <laughs> I hear where you're coming from. That's an interesting, interesting way of looking about it. Like I guess I but guess then I was... it's like you also wanna like how often are you gonna strike and then find the next guy you had that same type of chemistry with yeah i mean i guess i look at it like this if you're the bucks and you are trying to win a super bowl right now because you have a 45 year old quarterback you're gonna pay everyone and you figure everything else out later because Mm -hmm. you're right on the fucking brink and you just you don't worry about do i should i you just do it and you figure it out later i'm just saying like Mm -hmm. if you're the vikings and you're like we're going to go nine and eight, 10 and seven. We're going to be okay. And you're just perpetually on the cycle of mediocrity and you don't have a quarterback and you're stuck with Kirk Cousins. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to reset with Kirk Cousins anyway, I would almost just be like, fuck it. Let's get more picks. And I would just keep, like, because they it worked with Diggs. And yeah, maybe you won't yeah. hit. Maybe you won't hit again, but. You also could be paying Justin Jefferson $30 million a year while you win five games. Like, I, I, it just. I'm just saying the thought process is there in my mind that like you need offensive linemen. I would pay offensive linemen. You need defensive ends. I'd pay defensive ends. I need corners. I would pay corners. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would pay receivers anymore. I, I'm just, I'm I don't little... think they're at that halfback point. Because it, it well, sounds like that's where you're kind of no, but see that's the thing trending towards. No, see that's not what I'm saying because when because halfbacks don't have value. You can get production out of, or you cannot get production. It doesn't matter. Halfbacks really just they barely affect the game of football. The current game where passing is king, it just doesn't matter. You can I'll put be sure about put, that. Yes, because I see the Bills and it's like, yeah, well, they literally could take their game from elite to transcendental if they had some form of run game because like their current run game is josh allen perhaps i mean i I, yeah i mean they have no they have no running game at all that's fair uh but like that hasn't stopped them do you not believe maybe they could have beaten the chiefs twice over if they had a different element uh, like a run game but is that because they don't have a good running back or is that because they don't fucking practice or have any good coaching along the offensive line in the run game? Well, they, they, there are, it seems like there's just no emphasis on the run game in that team. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Kyle Shanahan could put you in the backfield and you could rush for 1500 yards because that's how the 49ers (laughs) roll. Mike Shanahan did the same thing way back in the day. Their zone blocking system. You can just rush for a billion yards. It always works. Halfbacks are a result of the scheme and the offensive line more than anything else. I'm saying that receivers are now so talented Mm -hmm. that there's so many of them. There's a surplus. 
I'm saying that halfback talent is like a dearth. There's none. But uh, wide receivers, okay. there's so much. I think all the players who might have been talented halfbacks have now become slot receivers. So there's so much talent at the wide receiver position and so little talent at the halfback position that you can actually treat them both the same. <laughs> like you could just be like, well, not the same because you're still going to draft wide receivers in the first round. You're still going to draft high with wide receivers, but I'm not going to draft high with running backs. It's it's right. I, I'm just saying like, I don't know that I want to, like the Packers decision to not pay Devonte Adams. I'm not sure that it was the killer that we thought it was when you look through a few weeks and the Raiders can't win a game and Devonte Adams isn't even that effective thus far for them. Their best player in their comeback against the, the Raiders this week was fucking Mac Collins. And if you're saying who is Mac Collins, you're joining the rest of us and saying that. Cause we were literally watching the game going, who the fuck is catching these passes right now? So <laughs> I just, I'm I'm just saying that receivers are an interesting they're at an interesting position right now. In uh, mm. that's that's my hottest take in in football right now is that I don't I'm I might not pay even though I just took Justin Jefferson second for all my fantasy crap. Um <laughs> after all of that, that's what you utter. Well, You're fan- a sick man. Well, fantasy You're a football. Sick man. <laughs> fantasy football and being GM aren't the same thing. Are the Lions going to the playoffs? No. No. Okay. No. They're not better than Packers or the Vikings. So you you you're 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 fine stamping that. Yeah. But they are they are exciting. They're Maybe things. next year. They're- Maybe next year if they get rid of Goff and get a uh, better talent at QB. Goff hasn't been horrible. I mean, he's not. He's, uh, he, I mean, next. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't been any worse than Stafford, which I think is just really the most interesting thing. But Stafford got the ring, so I mean, it's I, the Detroit curse. That's all it ever is. Well, again, yeah, again, Stafford threw two picks in the Super Bowl. It wasn't impressive. Um, and he did lead the league in interceptions in the season. It's uh, yeah, he yeah, he's always he caught fire at the time he needed. It, it was a Joe Flacco Super Bowl. That's that's what it was. Mm. Are you uh, are you excited for the Bengals uh, Dolphins game tomorrow night? That's one yes. of the few Thursday night games that actually sounds like appealing. Mm, Tyreek Hill versus Eli Apple. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign I even if it's one snap, I need to see it. Even oh. if it's one snap, but I, I feel like they're gonna cross paths multiple times. We're gonna see a one-two fireworks. Even on a Thursday night, you think? Yes. I mean, you, Thursday night games are just so boring. Usually, like they just uh, short week preparation. Like this is the one Thursday night game I feel like could be a shootout. Mm-hmm. It's the one time. Yes. I mean, the Bengals really need this game because if you fall Definitely. to one and if you fall to one and three. You're done. Yeah, Your time has come, and um, last year looks even more and more like a fluke. Well, especially with the Ravens. I mean, I the Ravens have been great, and I mean the Steelers yeah. are garbage. The Browns are okay. I mean, but if they fall to one and three, I yeah, I would. My man Joey B. I don't know the offensive line is not working. Um, I don't know. What about uh, other hot takes? Where's your? Are you out on Joe Burrow? You look you that you're shaking your head like well, I all playoffs I was like I was with you. That's that's the chosen one. That's uh 
that's the closest thing I've seen to Brady where it comes to just late game poise. And then these last couple games, it's like, ooh. Like, obviously, like, he, the O-line's not helping him, but it's like that game where he was just throwing picks versus the Steelers, like, brother, what are you doing? Yeah, and it's like I want to believe they got it back on track this week, but it's the Jets. So it's yeah. just, you're like, we beat the Jets by 20. Uh, yeah, but it's the Jets, which says a lot about the Browns. But I I see everyone's like, Zach Wilson's back for the Jets. I'm like, oh, good. So they're going to be worse. That's like what I don't. <laughs> uh, yes, the Zach Wilson hater. He doesn't exist. He's not a fucking quarterback, dude. <laughs> I don't think he's had a single game where he's passed for like 200 yards. Like you go watch the Jets game where he plays and he's like out there. Number one, he looks like fucking miniature. And then like, he doesn't even look like a quarterback toddler. and he can't throw the ball. He's yeah. A toddler. Toddler. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke, dude. It's just an absolute. And I love it. Like, by the way, I'm so happy that the Jets drafted him when the Jets drafted him. I was just like, yes, four more years of futility from the New York Jets. Like nothing. The only thing that makes me almost as happy as a Tom Brady win is a New York Jets loss. Like, I mm. I hate the New York Jets with all of my soul. And so when I see New York Jets fans celebrating Zach Wilson coming back, it brings like a hearty smile to my face and it warms me inside because I know they're going to lose more games than they would if they just played Joe Flacco or the best quarterback on their roster, Mike White. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming to that. I knew, I knew it was coming to that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I, I do it. I, I can't help Mike myself. White. Dude, oh, he's, he's good. He is good. He can play. Is he is he like an elite starter? No, but he he can He's a gamer. Ball. Yeah. It every time he plays, the Jets are in the games that he's in. <laughs> They're actually they're actually a functional offense. And then he like throws a late interception and they're like, oh, this just why Mike White's a backup. I'm like, but did you notice that you actually scored more than six points or no? <laughs> they, they, Jets fans would rather lose 38 to six with Zach Wilson than 38 to 26 with Mike White. And I think that's fucking hilarious. And I don't even know why Joe Flacco's in the league anymore. I just the Jets are like sometimes life is hard. And you were just like searching for things to make you feel better about yourself because it's difficult to get through on a daily basis. And I just know all I have to do is like read a Jets headline or like read something from a beat writer or just search their fans on Twitter and I will feel better because it's just a universe of dumb. Everything the New York <laughs> Jets do say, create, it's all terrible. And it makes me feel good inside because they fail. Like I actively root for every Jets draft pick to fail. It's not like a like good natured, like whatever. Like I'm I like, like oh. Garrett Wilson though. I, I like you. I thought I he was the best receiver in the draft. Yeah, and he'll never get a chance to catch a football because he's playing with a dude who would rather bang his friend's moms than throw deep. Oh, that's not true. He does love to throw it deep, just not on the field. <laughs> That was a good one. Boom. Boom. Zinger. Zinger. I'm closing my Jets rant with that one. Any hot takes? Where, tell me the hottest thing you're thinking right now. Uh, Chiefs first round exit. Woo! Why? <laughs> um, I think they're going to take whoever they face for granted and 
you know, the presence of Tyreek Hill will be missed in those big moments where, you know, Tyreek is able to, you know, just demoralize the team. Yeah. They'll be in the fight and then all it takes is one fumble from somebody. Then you see Mahomes doing the the Mahomes look away where it's like. (laughs) I guess. So the Chiefs are sort of an argument against my wide receiver thing because they do look, I mean, they look a little bit more human without Tyreek around, but then they also destroyed Arizona a few weeks ago. So, I mean, it's hard to. It's Arizona. Yeah, that's fair. And it is week one too. So, I mean, it's hard to. When you've had all off season to plan for a game. Um, I just, I, wow. First round out. So you, who are you, who are you digging on in the AFC then? Cause like I was all in on the chargers. They didn't look that great before Justin Herbert got hurt. Now who the fuck knows? I feel like we could very well see the Chiefs versus the Bengals first round. So, Ooh, that would be. Okay, so I but hold on just a second ago. You're out on bro. You're out on everybody. You're I never more... said I was out. I just said <laughs> it's looking very funny for him right now. So are we thinking like potentially like Bills Dolphins AFC championship then? Are we are we in probably on... second round? Probably second round. Second round. I could yeah. I, I like it's like fundamentally sickening for me to like root for the dolphins just because they're such a like you know tom always struggles in miami and everything but he's a fun well, did you see the way those bills players were dropping the other day uh i'm pretty sure half the team needed ivs after that game. and that's what makes me wonder how legitimate that win is because if it's in january it's not but like 100 degrees the dolphins players are playing in the same conditions yeah, but they play in it. Every, I mean, come on. You know Tom Brady has always struggled in Miami. He was a cold-weather quarterback. That's and true. every time he went down to Miami, he struggled. I think if you're adapted to it in training camp, it really does help. And, and I think in January, if Miami's hosting that but like, game, how cold is Buffalo really in September, August, though? Uh, Compared to Miami, <laughs> it's 20 degrees cooler. Okay. I All mean, right. I mean, it's, uh, right. I mean, I think, I think it's a pretty, it's pretty significant. Um, mm. Maybe, maybe 10, but I'm just saying, I mean, it, it, it matters. And, and, well, and that's Fahrenheit, by the way, that's 20, not, not 20 mm. degrees Celsius. That's a very, <laughs> an important distinction to make yes, on this yes. international podcast, by the way, yes, how many yes, other yes. podcasts are I'm a Celsius man over here. Exactly. See, international. <laughs> we are worldwide, sort of. Don't check that. Don't fact check it. Um, if y'all say 32 degrees over there, I'm thinking, bro, it's a hot day, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's remember, what I'm thinking. Y'all say 32, y'all are shivering. <laughs> I remember I remember the first time I went to Toronto, and they were like, oh, it was, it was 28 out yesterday. It's getting warm. I was like, what the fuck? I was, I was like, I was like, I couldn't even, I like couldn't even comprehend what I had just heard. I like, thought it was uh, an idiot talking. You're like, what do you mean? It's more about. I just, you really, it's, you wouldn't think. You know, that's the thing is, you don't think that there's that much difference between the U.S. and Canada, and in a lot of like, a lot of ways, there are not. But when mm-hmm. you go to like when you go to Toronto for the first time, which for the record is one of my like three favorite places on earth. Toronto, I fucking love. I I, I love Canada. I really do. I miss yes, it. Sir. And but Toronto is one of the greatest cities on earth. But it is kind of amazing some of the like little culture shock things you run into, like like kilometers and Celsius and just you know little things like that that you that throw we, you we, off. Yeah, uh, we spell color with a U. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Also, loonies and toonies threw me for a loop when I first like. <laughs> the, oh yeah. Because we don't we use like no you know our coin currency is like we just throw it at poor people and we're like get a job you know that's like what Americans do with coins. So yeah. like we don't have like you know one and two dollar coins. So like I remember mm. seeing the toonie for the first time and I was like Jesus Christ I was like this is a big ass goddamn coin <laughs> like this is I just and it's just funny all these little things but I love one of these days I'm coming there and we're gonna do this show live in Toronto yes sir in yes front sir of, in front I'm of with it three people on YouTube it'll be really exciting that's okay that's okay <laughs> I, I like all three people it's all good any last thoughts about this season what's coming what we need before we uh Patriots fans, it'll be all right. You think we, so? We're we're paying our dues for dominating the league. But you know, just stick it out. Who is more likely to build a dynasty first? I'm not gonna include the Jets because we know they're not, but the Bills, the Dolphins, or the Patriots. Who is who is the most likely team to win two Super Bowls? before any of the others so considering that Uh, bill is the patriots coach and what we know he's done considering what we know about josh allen and the dolphin or the bills considering what which one are you giving it to i'd have to go with the bills just because uh right now uh, it's hard not to choose them based off of what's happening right now I'd actually have to say the Dolphins because I think the universe hates Buffalo far too much for them to have. Boy, a I love losing Super Bowls. I I I really think the universe likes to punish the city of Buffalo and intends to continue mm-hmm. doing so. That's my hope. Poetic. My it supreme poetic. hope. My supreme hope is for a Bucks Bills Super Bowl. Bucks Bill. Oh, Brady can do it again to them, eh? I want Tom to send the Bills packing and then retire. Just walk off into the sunset with the giant middle finger to Buffalo one more time so that that might genuinely. They've cause... only beaten him like twice. No, two or three times. I think I think I think that if the Bills got to the Super Bowl and lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and then he retired, I think that that might genuinely cause like at least four suicides in the Buffalo area. <laughs> Like, oh man like i think i think that we're just be... some people walking closer to the edge of a bridge than normal eh? okay maybe od slash suicide so maybe it's not all it's but i think i think tom brady i think tom brady might literally kill some buffalo fans if he took a fifth shot at a Super Bowl from them, I think people might literally die. I'm not saying that to Wouldn't be, be surprised. Yeah, I'm not saying that to be funny or crass. I'm just saying I really think it would get real dark in Buffalo if it was Tom it Brady that stopped it. It would be real bad. I they they might burn that city to the ground. <laughs> that I would uh, be fine with, by the way. Um I, that, be oh, funny, man. Be funny as shit. You know what? Buffalo is a perfectly decent city full of nice people. And I think many of them are fairly progressive and left-leaning and liberal. So it's not even it's not even real hatred. It's just football. It's all sports. I don't I don't want to see them. That's always all yeah. it is. Not New York, though. The city of New York and the Jets can go fuck themselves. That's real hatred right there. That I absolutely hate. That's not just to be clear. I want to be real clear about that. No, that is sports. real. Holy. That's I'm real joking. honesty. <laughs> 
I just want to be clear about oh, the difference man. in hatred. I hate New York City. I just want to be real clear about the difference in hatred. Just oh, just uh, that that caught me off guard. Off guard. I'm thinking, you know, he's gonna say something nice about New York. It's like, nope. He, he anything New York is uh, in the the blacklist. I I just I I loved the city of New York as a kid. I really did. And then I became a Tom Brady fan, and he went to uh, New England, and that it was it. And D, well, say I no just, more. Hey, once he once the Jets thing started, it just. That was the end, baby. <laughs> it's just what it is. That'll do it. That'll do it for sure. And that'll do it for the Blood Doctor Show. I appreciate having you on, my friend. Yes, sir. I always it's always a pleasure being here talking sports and schooling you on your bloody sons. Oh God. This isn't, dude. I we're still gonna win 60 games. All right. I'm putting it out there right now. We're still gonna win sixty games, all right. So you can send you them can, to Bahamas. You can cut. I'm locking them in the Bahamas because we still gotta win sixty games. Get Granny. You know, is in uh Aiton. He's from Bahamas. No, exactly. He's from get NASA. Granny to you know put yeah. some licks all across his head. Boy, if you don't pay respect to your elders. <laughs> 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 Yo, tell her to fry up the plantain chips because we're coming for dinner and we're not leaving until it is decided. Yo, I'm I'm just saying the one thing that can save this team is winning. And if they win games, they'll get over all the bullshit because you know as well as I do, winning solves everything. It's the only win thing. Games. And so I'm just praying. I'm praying. Mm-hmm. I'm praying to the gods of whatever gods are gods. <laughs> Yes, sir. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk next week or the week after. Let's talk soon. And uh, overtime with B and T or with B and T. Overtime with TBD. There we go. (laughs) Available now. Thank you, man. Peace. Appreciate you. Take care. And that is the Blood Doctor Show. Thank you again to B from B and T for stopping by to talk about NFL Week Three. And I just want to say on a closing note again, let everyone around you know how much they mean to you because you just never know in this world when things are going to end, how they're going to end. You never know how abrupt something could be. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit. Life is short and you have to go after the things that you really want. You have to attack the things that really matter to you because if you don't do that, you will live a life of regret no matter who you are. Everything that you want is out there. Everything that we want is completely attainable. And we just have to fight to get it. And so when I see someone that, you know, I love, an artist I love pass away, it just makes me want to fight that much harder to obtain, you know, to to reach all of my goals because we just, we have limited time on this earth and you've got to do, make sure you are doing everything you wanted to do with it. Make sure that those that you love know that you love them. This world is a cruel one, and we should be there for those around us who matter the most. Because without them, we would be lost. Throw your hands up if you're down with the sea. Blood Doctor out. <laughs>